You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. Once again, as you already know, I am your host, Kyra, and on today's episode, I want to discuss this whole BBL culture and how the BBL culture seems to be dying off. But before I get into that, I just want to say, I don't know how many of you that are listening are Janet Jackson fans. I can only imagine that pretty much everybody that's listening right now is a Janet Jackson fan. I mean, how can you not? Um, So recently, this past week, um, I had went on, I had went to one of her tours that she's having going on right now. It's going on um, with Ludacris and it's her. And I must say, like, that was the most amazing concert that I have been to in quite some time. Janet Jackson looked freaking fabulous. Her vocals were on point. Her dance moves were on point. And she looks just as young as she did when she had first started off in the music industry. And it was just wonderful to be there to witness the greatness for myself. Because I remember um, 20 something years ago or 20 years ago, she had did her last tour, actually, that was supposed to be in Hawaii. That was like the last time she had toured and that was supposed to be the last tour. So the fact that she's on tour right now and I was able to see her was freaking amazing. So if any of you guys have the time to go to one of her concerts um, for this particular tour, I would highly recommend doing so. You know, get your girlfriend, you know, your boyfriend, a family member, whoever, any sort of loved one to go with you to the concert. I think she's still performing here in California. Um, She was playing. I went to go see her at the Shoreline Amphitheater here in Mountain View in the Bay Area. I don't know where her next stop is right now. I think she's still going to be in California, but I know it's an uh, international tour that she's doing. And so you got, y'all just need to get out there and go see Miss Jackson, okay? You have to go and do it. But getting back on to the topic of discussion, I just had to say that um, about Miss Jackson. So I wanted to kind of talk about where this whole BBL culture had started off with or where it came from. So back in the 80s, more so early 90s, when Sir Mix-a-Lot, the rapper, had came out with that song, Baby Got Back, he really brought to light uh, in women of color, especially embracing their curves because that whole music video was, you know, about women embracing their big butts because prior to that, that aesthetic of being curvy wasn't something that was praised in our society, in at least the American society. It was something that was kind of looked down upon. And you really kind of correlated, correlated a big butt with either black or Latino women. And before that, you know, it was more of the aesthetic of being really skinny. Um, you see more of the people like Pamela Anderson or the Gwen Stefani's and they were embraced for their body types because it was all about being real thin. You know, you could be real thin, but also having big breasts was it really was a thing that was more so praised back then. It wasn't having a big butt. It was having big breasts. <laughs> So I felt like Sir Mix-a-Lot really just kind of put it in perspective for, you know, 
women, especially of color, to embrace their natural bodies and, and to embrace being voluptuous and to make it known that, you know, you're not fat because you have a big butt and you are just as sexy and you are just as as desirable as any other type of body type. It wasn't really to take away and say that, you know, this is what you should solely be, but it was for, you know, women of color, especially to just embrace it. And that, you know, you got all different types of body types. You kind of got the little muffin booty and you kind of got the the smaller body types like the Gwen Stefani's. And then you have the curvier women where back then it was more so like the Janet Jackson's and, um, the JLo's of those times that were really someone that were, that were really people that were emulated back then. So you start to see more and more big buzz displayed in hip hop videos. And that came the rise of the video girl where you see Melissa Ford and Buffy the body. And you seen how curvy they were, but how also attractive they were. And they were being displayed across everybody's TV screen when you turned on a hip hop video. I mean, you couldn't turn on a Jay-Z music video without seeing a Melissa Ford or a Buffy the body, Buffy the body being displayed on your TV screen. But because there's started to be the shift in the music industry where a lot of the artists were not making as much money as they were anymore to be able to afford having big budgets in order to have, you know, all of these video girls in their music videos. They're started to create another avenue for these video girls to be able to profit off of, you know, their looks and their big butts, which started to be social media reality TV. And one of the big figures back in the early 2000s for reality TV was Kim Kardashian. And what was really unique about Kim Kardashian was she was a white girl with a big butt. And that was something generally you did not see on your TV or in magazines. Um, The aesthetic for most white women was being really skinny with big boobs. Um, That was the aesthetic back then. So I really feel like people like Kim Kardashian helped to put big booty girls on the map, especially big booty white women. And she got that aesthetic from most black women and Latino women, because like I said, that was something that you predominantly seen, you know, amongst women of color. You didn't see white girls with big butts. And we have to remember that majority of the men that Kim Kardashian has dated have been black men. So it would make sense of how she got that sort of aesthetic. And now I know that there is a lot of talks about whether or not her butt has been real or fake over the years. I know she had did that whole x-ray on one of her um, shows where she did the fat graph to show that she had a uh, that her butt was real. Now, we can argue about whether her ass is real or fake. I believe it's fake. Say what you want, say what you will, but that ass is fake. However, that aesthetic that she's had has been able to pave way for the whole influencer lifestyle because with the rise of reality TV came the rise also of social media and a lot of the ways that Kim Kardashian and her family have been able to make money and market themselves is through social media. So you've seen people like her getting promotions to promote makeup and to promote and clothing for women that are curvier and so forth has helped to, you know, pave way for the whole influencer lifestyle. So now you have a bunch of influencers that are following the footsteps of Kim Kardashian and going out and getting BBLs so that way they can get the 
same type of promotions or the same sort of opportunities that Kim Kardashian has made for herself over the years via social media. And then we have this whole IG baddie thing where you see these women with 40 inch asses that have rappers sliding in their DMs wanting to fly them out to hang out for, you know, the weekend and paying them $10,000, And so it's become something that's become super popularized over the year because it is it's an aesthetic now that you can make a lot of money off of. And now you see so many girls that are getting their butts done and they're creating these only fans and they're creating, you know, a whole lifestyle for themselves. They're being able to monopolize off of having a big butt. And so... With that said, although it's something that these women have been able to monopolize off of, there is also a part of this BBL culture that I see that is dying off. And a lot of that has to do with every couple of years, there's always a trend that comes about and then that trend starts to die out. Well, I feel like some of the reasons for the dying of the BBL culture has to do largely with the fact that it's also a very dangerous procedure to get. Now, according to MedPage today, the rise of BBLs has risen about 800% over the last two decades. And the average cost for a BBL ranges anywhere from 3000 to about 20000 depending on where you go to get it done. One of the main hubs for getting BBLs done is in Miami. One of the reasons being is that that's a place where a lot of the top plastic surgeons live. So naturally, a lot of people go out there to get plastic surgery done. Another reason is that um, the cost is pretty reasonable for the average person to get a BBL done. Um, and usually the typical price for a BBL is anywhere from three to $5,000. A lot of the times also during these procedures, there are packages that a lot of these plastic surgeons offer where a patient can get a BBL and a breast lift done for as little as $5,000, where usually if you get that amount of work done, it's going to range you anywhere from twenty dollars to $50,000. One of the alarming things that I did find out in doing my research on this topic is the fact that most of these doctors that are performing these BBLs are not board certified, and a lot of the patients are finding out about it. So in the U.S., a dermatologist or a pediatrician can either do a minimal amount of training to do plastic surgery in order to do a BBL or they don't have to do it at all in order to perform a BBL, they're able to open up clinics to perform these BBL on patients without having any proper certification at all. Now, that is extremely alarming. So you have a doctor who specializes in being a dermatologist performing liposuction on a patient, breast augmentations, when they've never, ever in their entire career performed these procedures at all. And this is completely legal in the U.S., especially Miami, because like I said, it's one of the main hubs for why people to go and get BBLs done. Now, in a case where you're dealing with a dermatologist that's just performed a BBL on you and you suffered some issues in regards to it, yes, you can create a civil case and sue the doctor. However, those charges can immense to being a criminal one because the medical industry relies on it policing its own self. There also isn't any limits to the, to the amount of BBLs that a plastic surgeon can perform in a single day. Now, the average surgeon usually performs 
one, no more than two procedures in a single day, whereas in Miami, especially a surgeon can go and perform anywhere from eight to nine procedures within a single day when the average time for a BBL to be performed is four to five hours. However, when you go to places like Miami, they're performing these procedures within 90 minutes. So it's kind of seen as a chop shop. One of the really main things that a lot of the doctors who are performing these BBLs were saying was during the pandemic, there were a really big rise for people wanting to get BBLs done. I feel like a lot of that has to do with, you know, you're in the house All everybody did pretty much was eat. So, you know, people wanted to go back outside and they wanted to look really good. So there was a really big demand for women wanting to get BBLs done. And so because these doctors were being so overwhelmed with requests to perform these BBLs, a lot of them to keep up with the demand were performing multiple BBL procedures within a single day, knowing that that's not the best thing to do. And in turn, it started to cause a lot of fatalities because you have all these doctors rushing to perform these procedures on patients. So according to a South China Morning Post, people dying of Brazilian bus lifts is one in 3,000, which is really, really alarming to think about that. One of the main reasons why a lot of these patients especially pass away from these Brazilian butt lifts is due to a pulmonary embolism. So I want you guys to take a listen to this clip from Dr. Dubrow, who is one of the plastic surgeons on Botched, and listen to his take on why having a BBL is pretty dangerous. So, but you're talking about no, lifting it. a butt. Why is that so dangerous? And, and also, the thing I was thinking is that the Brazilian butt lift has been around for a long, long time. time. Explain the danger here. It's extraordinarily dangerous. It turns out it's the most dangerous, not only plastic surgery procedure, it's the most dangerous operation there is with the highest fatality rate. And I'll tell you why. You take fat from one part of your body, typically the abdomen, you process it, and you inject in the buttocks. Sounds easy, right? The problem is there's these very small little veins in the buttock that lead directly to the vena cava, which is the major blood vessel that brings blood back from your body to your heart, to your lungs. If you get fat in those little vessels and it gets in the main vena cava and goes to your lungs, it's over. It's the most fatal operation there is. And I would advise there are other ways to get a full buttock besides that. If it's this, if it's the deadliest operation, period, are they giving warnings when they do this to people? I mean, are people adequately being informed about the dangers here? Not in my opinion. Now, last year, before the pandemic, an international task force was gathered to warn all of Europe that this is such a dangerous operation. And in this country, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons started to talk about it. They sent out a few articles about it, and then everybody pretty much ignored it. But listen, it's super dangerous. You can do it in the gym. There are safe fillers to do it. I recommend people back away from Brazilian butt lifts. So in these cases, it's best that you really do your research on finding out whether or not the doctor that you are getting the plastic surgery or the BBL performed on is board certified in BBLs or in rhinoplasty or whatever sort of plastic surgery you're trying to get to ensure that you're going to receive the best treatment. 
because it's very alarming to see the fact that these women are going in to get these plastic surgeries done and BBLs done by dermatologists that have no idea on how to properly perform the procedure, but how to ensure that after you receive the procedure that you're getting the proper aftercare. One of the main things when it comes to a BBL is not just the type of doctor that's performing the procedure on you, but it's the aftercare. Because a lot of the complications that lead to fatalities is after the procedure is performed. Because there's so many things that can go awry. And with the fact that a lot of these plastic surgeons are releasing patients from, you know, their clinics after an hour, 45 minutes after having the procedures done, there's so many things that can go awry. And that's part of the reason why these pulmonary embolisms happen and various other different complications that are leading to a lot of these patients' death. So one of the things that I did read up about is once you perform, uh, once a doctor performs a BBL on you, it's best to have a nurse that specializes in whatever type of plastic surgery that you got to be by your side for the next 24 to 48 hours to monitor you to make sure that, you know, if something does happen, they're able to help treat you because a lot of these clinics don't give a damn. Once they get your money, they just throw you to the wayside. I know another really big issue that came up over the years was a lot of these women receiving black, black market budget shots. And so that consisted of someone that was completely unboard certified that wasn't even a doctor, just a regular Joe Schmo off of the street that was injecting women in their buttocks area with fix a flat, with bathroom sealant, with I've even seen um, videos where there have been women that were injected with chicken bouillon and Maggie cubes into their butts in order to have a larger backside because of this whole BBL trend that was going on and people didn't want to pay you know, three to $5,000 for a BBL. And so they could go to these people that were doing, you know, illegal butt shots in basements and hotel rooms for $250 in order to, you know, go along with this trend and this aesthetic of having a large butt. So it became super dangerous over the years for women to want to get these butt jobs done where... I was seeing videos of women talk about a lot of the health complications that came with getting black market butt shots, especially. I seen even videos where there were women that talked about how they lost limbs. There was one lady who I seen on YouTube. She had lost her arms and her legs because she got illegal butt injections done. You even have celebrity artists such as Kay Michelle, who uh, got a butt job done. And she was talking about a lot of the complications and health issues that she was experiencing from having her butt done. And she actually went to a well-known plastic surgeon who was doing a lot of other celebrity women's butt jobs. And she's just been super transparent in showcasing the process of removal of her butt injections that she received. I also wanted to come in on here and discuss it because there has also been some recent deaths among some of the influencers within the BBL community. For those of you that aren't familiar, there was a Kim K lookalike that recently passed away due to her getting the illegal black market butt shot injections. She had went to one of the hotel rooms out here in the Bay Area, um, Burlingame to be exact, to get them. From what I remember and what I was told was that 
no doctor wanted to work on her and they were turning her down because she already had such an excessive amount of plastic surgery done. I mean, I think her breast size was like G's or something like that, double G's. And her ass was just like insanely huge already. And so she went to go get more work done. And ultimately she passed away because the person who was doing the surgery on her, um, she wasn't even licensed. (laughs) And who knows what was actually the substance that was in the, you know, needle that she she used to inject her. And so she um, passed away. I think it was a pulmonary embolism as well that had occurred and as the cause of her death. There's also been another death with uh, a former wild and out girl. Her name was Jackie O. She was a mother of three and she was a girlfriend and baby mama to the comedian uh, DC Youngfly. Um, she also had her own business ventures going on outside of being a wild and out girl. She had her own lip gloss line that was on Amazon. She also uh, just had received her real estate license. So she was going into real estate. And then she also had her YouTube channel where she would kind of showcase her work that she would do. And she would showcase a lot of her just being a mother, a really good mother from what it looked like. And she just seemed like a really sweet person. So she had went in recently to get a mommy makeover. And a lot of times with these mommy makeovers, they do the whole BBL. They do the liposuction and then they inject the fat from the liposuction into the buttocks region. And so she ultimately succumbed to some of the complications due to her receiving this mommy makeover BBL, uh, so to speak, from uh, a doctor that was out in Miami. And from what I've, well, from what I have read, she received this mommy makeover for free as promotion for this doctor in his clinic to kind of, you know, for other women to go there and to receive these similar procedures. So, you know, like I said, a lot of times these influencers are doing unnecessary procedures because of the fact that it's free and it's at their disposal. I know that Jackie O also spoke about how in the beginning, you know, when she had her, I think, first and second child, part of her motivation for receiving the plastic surgery was due to some of the, you know, girls around her that were just getting the quick fix instead of going to the gym. She was discussing how in the beginning she was going to the gym, she was dieting, she was working out. And then she seen a lot of the women around her were just going to the doctor and just doing a quick fix. And so she was like, well, if the girls out here are going around and just doing the quick fix and getting the BBL shit, why am I out here working extra hard? I might as well just go get a BBL myself. So she definitely discussed things like that. She also discussed some of the reasons for her getting her breasts done initially. So, you know, being that you're in the spotlight, especially being a female in the entertainment industry, it's all about the way that you look. And being an influencer in general is all about the way that you look. And you're constantly in competition, whether or not you're saying that you're in competition with other influencers around you and whether or not you have relationships with a lot of these other influencers, you are in competition with them. And there's a lot of pressures for you to look a certain way and to live up to the aesthetic that's going on, to live up to the trends that are going on. And right now, the trend has been receiving BBLs because, you know, it can advance your career. It can get you brand deals um, and it can get you deals with, you know, the latest fast fashions or the makeup line or it can popularize you um, in the entertainment world. It can get you noticed by a ball player or a rapper or, and you can be living the 
you know, a extravagant lifestyle. So a lot of times these women are doing it because they're trying to live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, it's not something that should be a quick fix for you. In the end, we kind of have to think about what are some of the, you know, complications that can happen from getting these BBLs. And with a lot of the recent deaths that are occurring from these women going under the knife and receiving these BBLs, I think it's starting to shed light into a lot of the dangers and it's causing this trend to die out. And so, you know, I'm not against plastic surgery. You know, there is definitely certain reasons why people do go under the knife. There are some people that have, you know, been overweight, that have lost a lot of weight and have gotten these gastric bypass surgeries and they have loose skin that they just don't like to look at. And they would like to, you know, tighten it up. So they go and get these plastic surgery procedures done to tighten up that loose skin. Um, There's some people that have to get plastic surgery because maybe they have a cleft palate. I mean, there's so many different factors in why certain people get plastic surgery. But I think it's understanding the difference between you getting plastic surgery to fill a void and to live up to the trends that are going on and sacrificing your health in the end result because of that. And not understanding the complications that can come with getting the plastic surgeries, not doing your research, not understanding what is the aftercare that you need. Because a lot of times these women are just saving up a lot of money to get these procedures done, but they're not understanding the very crucial part of getting these plastic surgeries done is the aftercare. And so when you think about that and you understand that part of it, then the motivation for it needs to be you doing it because you're doing for yourself and not because you're trying to live up to a trend because in the end result, it can really affect your health. It can lead to so many different complications down the line that you may not have even realized. And and ultimately, it can lead to your death sometimes if you're not going to the right doctor and doing your research and making sure it's a board certified plastic surgeon that is versed in this particular type of plastic surgery that you're getting. And so women really just need to understand that you don't need plastic surgery to be beautiful. You don't need makeup to make you feel beautiful. You don't have to have the latest designer clothes to make you feel valued and, you know, loved and cared about. Really, as women, we really need to start looking from within for our own self-assurance, our own self-love. And I feel like a lot of our society doesn't really teach that. You know, I know a lot of our society has been belittling women and making them feel devalued and making making it so that they're only good enough based upon their looks. That's how we judge other women a lot of times, based upon what you look like. If you don't have the latest clothes, if you don't have the latest fashions, if you don't have, you know, the best makeup, if you don't have, you know, the latest trends when it comes to hair, your only criteria in the notion that we're only as good as our looks. And this is a a saying that has been preached to us and practiced to us in our society for a long time. You know, we really need to understand that in our society, women are the number one people to go and have plastic surgery done. And I think 
that has a lot to do with that notion that I just mentioned about women only being valued based upon what they look like. And in the end, it's really harming us because women are going under the knife. They're not doing their research and making sure that they have the right doctors to even do the procedures on them. And in the end, they're not having the proper aftercare that they need after they get the plastic surgery done. So it's causing a lot of complications that's leading to a lot of these women deaths. And also because they want a quick fix. Some women don't want to go to the gym and work out because they feel the peer pressure from their peers in the entertainment world or, you know, on the job or wherever these women are, where they feel like they want to, you know, be on their level and being able to get a plastic surgery done because they don't want to work out because they're adhering to those pressures. And so we really, as women, need to look from within to find our own value, our own self-love, because you can't get it on the outside. It starts from within. If you don't love yourself and if you don't feel like you're beautiful, how is someone else? And so if you need to go to therapy, if you need to talk to someone to kind of help bring out or bring to surface some of those issues or insecurities that you have, I recommend women to do so. You know, as women, we definitely need to stick together. And this is something that we do not do. We're constantly and continuously in competition with each other and we don't need to be. So I really think that this brings to light why women need to stop adhering to the, a lot of these trends that are going on right now because they're not healthy and they're not going to heal anything for us in the long run. It starts from within. Well, on that note, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. Once again, I am your girl, Kyra. And if you'd like to follow the Vibe Selection podcast, please do so at Vibe Selection Podcast on Instagram. If you'd like to support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so by donating at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. All right, you guys stay safe, stay healthy out there. Tune in for next week's episode. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection.